the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is Running the Race of Life. Running the Race of Life. The Bible tells us that life is like a race. Unfortunately, very few people finish the race of life well. We get discouraged. We get distracted. We get hurt. We get sidelined, and very few people actually make it to the end of life finishing well because we give up too soon. And we end our lives with unrealized dreams and unfulfilled potential. As human beings, we start a lot of things and don't finish. We leave a lot of things in life unfinished. We start something and we get tired, bored, or distracted, and then we move on to something else. The highway of our lives is strewn with rubble of unfinished projects, unfulfilled commitments, unkept promises. Why? Because we get discouraged. Today we are going to look at how to finish the race we started even when we feel like giving up. The Bible tells us that there are four things that we need to do if we want to finish the race of life well. And the first is remove all distractions. Remove all distractions or any distractions. Remove any distractions that keep you from running the race of life that God meant for you to run. The writer to the Hebrews in chapter 12 and verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily hinders our progress. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. See, God created each of us for a unique purpose, a unique race. Only you can run your race in life. 
All of us have a different life to live, a different race to run. The problem is that other people want you to run their race. As you go through life, people start putting expectations on you. Your parents sometimes put expectations on you about the kind of life you are supposed to live. Your peers put expectations on you. People you work with, friends, well-meaning people put all kinds of expectations on you and those expectations actually become distractions as we run our race. You can only live the life that God meant for you to live. You won't finish the race of life well unless you deal with these distractions. What are some of the things that would distract us from the purpose for which God placed us here on this earth? Trying to be like other people will distract you. Habits, bad habits can distract you from finishing the race. The wrong kind of friends can distract you. Television can distract you. Good news or good things can distract you. I was just going to say that some of the news coming out of Washington can certainly distract you. (laughs) The biggest distraction of all is our past. Our past keeps us from finishing the race well. So many of us are loaded down with either guilt over things that we have done wrong or resentment for things that other people have done to us. You see, when you walk around with guilt or resentment, uh, shame or bitterness, it's like trying to run the race carrying two bags of garbage on your shoulders. It's going to slow you down. And what happens is we get stuck, we get sidetracked, we get tripped up by other people and by ourselves. We continue to hold on to the hurts from way back and refuse to forgive. Or we keep beating uh, up ourselves over some bad decision we made a while back. And that is a distraction. That keeps us from running the race God meant for us to, to run. The Apostle Paul had a lot of regrets in his life. Before he became a believer in Christ, he was what you could call a religious terrorist. He went, he was intent on destroying the young church and um, went from house to house, dragging Christians out and getting them in prison. But notice what he says in Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, I know that I have not yet reached that goal, but there is one thing I always do, forgetting the past and straining toward what is ahead, I keep trying to reach the goal and get the prize for which God called me through Christ to the life above. Paul is saying, I'm not going to let the things in my past keep me from running the race that God has set for me. I'm going to focus on the finish line 
Not on the hurts that I have caused or the hurts that other people have caused me. So we get rid of the distractions in order to run the race that God has given to us well. But the second thing that we ought to do is remember the reward. Remember the reward. You cannot run the race well without an eye on the finish line. If you're going to finish well in life, then you have to remind yourself why you do what you do. Why you believe what you believe. Otherwise, you're going to end up thinking, why even make the effort? It's the why behind what you do determines how long you are going to last in what you do. If the why is immediate gratification, then it's not going to last very long. Because you will find that you can't really have a gratification um, lasting very long. You see, the why is short-term or long-term satisfaction, you may last a little bit longer. But the only why behind what we do that makes us last all the way through life through some of the tough things and tough times that we have to face, is the eternal reward that God has promised us. So when you feel like giving up, the only thing that will keep you going is to say to yourself, my faith will be rewarded. The Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 25 and 26 says, And all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. For a lot of people, the idea of a heavenly reward is something that worries them rather than motivates them. The reason is that they have an incorrect view of how God rewards his children. You see, many have the idea of God rewarding us based on the, on a, what you may call a balanced scale kind of reward system. So, for example, if... um, There are good things that I do and bad things that I do. And maybe if I do a few more good things than the bad things, then I'll get some tiny reward when I get to heaven. But God doesn't reward us based on a balance sheet. God rewards us based on grace. Grace means that all the wrong things that I've done, all the sins I've committed, God erases and forgives when I put my trust in Jesus Christ and confess my sins to him. See, grace means that every good thing I've done by faith, every word, every thought, every prayer I've prayed in faith will be rewarded by God. Paul says in, in the scripture just read, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, that the reward motivates him 
to run with purpose in every single step he makes in life. It changed the way that Paul lived. He said that kind of motivation helps us to focus not on our problems, but on God's purpose in our life. The third key to finishing the race of life well is resist all discouragement. Resist all discouragement. Perhaps many of you listening to me uh, are discouraged today. Discouraged about your health, discouraged about finances, discouraged about your marriage, about um, what's going on in your family, discouraged about your children, or discouraged about your job. Remember, discouragement is always a choice, just like any other attitude. If you're feeling down, if if you feel like quitting, if you feel like giving up, it's because you are choosing to think discouraged thoughts. You don't have to. Discouragement is Satan's favorite tool in making us ineffective. His second favorite tool is procrastination. Keep putting things off. And if he can get you discouraged and to procrastinate, then he has you defeated. Satan will mess you up with either discouragement or procrastination. It was a great 19th century evangelist, D.L. Moody, who said, I have never known God to use a discouraged person. Why? Because it is the opposite of faith. You're looking at the problem with human eyes instead of looking at God with the eyes of faith. And Paul says in, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, Let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. Notice it says, don't get tired of doing what is right. We do get tired of doing what is right. So why? Because it is easier to do what is wrong. If doing what is wrong was, um, was hard, then nobody would do it. It is easier to be undisciplined than to be disciplined. It is always easier to lie than to tell the truth. It is easier to be selfish than to be unselfish. It is easier to put up with things rather than confront someone in love. It takes effort to do God's will. But notice it says, don't get tired of doing what is right, for after a while we will reap a harvest of blessings. If we don't give up. No, why does God delay answering our prayers? Because he's stretching our faith. Prayer is not something that we do and immediately we have the results. Of course, we do know that the Bible says that before you call, I will answer. But um, for the most part, there is always a delay for a while, as Paul is saying here. You see, people say, I am going to start tithing, for example. 
And so they start putting God first and giving 10% back to God. And they expect the very next day, all of their financial problems will be cleared up. No, there is a delay between sowing and reaping. It says, after a while, we will reap if we don't give up. So what do you do when you have done the right thing? But you haven't seen the reward yet. It says keep on doing what is right. You keep doing the right thing. One of the great tests of faith is how you handle delay. How do you handle the setbacks? How do you do the right thing when nothing happens? After you have done what you know to be the right thing, do you simply have a pity party and invite yourself? (laughs) Do you start complaining? Do you start griping? Do you start saying, forget it, I'm going to give up? This isn't worth it. So the Bible says, resist the discouragement. Keep on doing what is right for after a while. We will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up or if we don't get discouraged and give up. Don't give in to discouragement without a fight. Anything worthwhile in life takes effort. It takes energy. It takes endurance. Nothing worthwhile in life is easy. You just have to keep on keeping on. You see, great people are just ordinary people with an extraordinary amount of determination. It's always too soon to quit, so hang in there. As pastor, I, I want you to understand that life is tough, that life is unfair, that life is not easy, The things are not perfect this side of heaven. And as you go through life, you often start to get tired and and start to get discouraged. You begin to doubt yourself and you begin to doubt God and you start saying things like, maybe this serving God isn't what it is all cracked up to be. And you become lukewarm. We listen to David in Psalm 94 and verse, verse 19. Lord... When doubts fill my mind, when my heart is in turmoil, quiet me and give me renewed hope and cheer. First it says, quiet me. The first thing you need to do when you're filled with discouragement is to simply sit down and shut up. Just be quiet before God. But we don't like quietness. You know, this is a generation that just loves noise. Uh, you know, I, uh, it drives me up the wall sometimes. All the, all the noise that there is. And um, so we don't like quiet. In fact, I can tell you that if there is a, is a pause for a little while in this service, you begin to wonder what's going on and you feel uncomfortable. 
because we're not accustomed to to just being quiet and to and to um, listen to God speaking to us individually. Someone else has to be talking. But as Protestants, we need to learn to be quiet, and we need to plan for quietness at times in our lives and even in our worship experience. Someone has said, the less silence you have in your life, the more stress you're going to to have. So five minutes a day can work wonders in your life. I'm not talking about your quiet time when you read the Bible and pray. I'm talking about just sitting still and letting God de-stress you. It's a great cure for discouragement. Just sit still before God and listen to him and think about him. And you'll be surprised to see how it will change um, your mind from being discouraged. The second thing David says here is give me renewed hope and cheer. How do you do that? By focusing upon God. Focus on God in your past, in your present, and in your future. Remember God's goodness to you in the past. Remember all those times God bailed you out. Then remember God's presence with you in the present. And then remember God's promise in the future. God's Goodness in the past, his presence in the present, and his promise in the future will take your mind off your problem and give you encouragement. So the secret of defeating doubt and discouragement is to change your focus to God, to his greatness, to his goodness, to his presence, and to his promises. But number four, renew yourself daily. Renew yourself daily. In the race of life, you must remove any distractions. You must remember the reward at the finish line. You must resist all discouragement, and then you must renew yourself every day. If you're going to last over the long haul, then you must figure out how to recharge yourself, both physically and spiritually. First, you have to learn daily physical renewal. Psalm 127 and verse 2 says, It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Now many of us uh, violate that truth. It's no wonder that we get discouraged. See, while we are tired, or when we are tired, we get discouraged. So we need to figure out a more sensible schedule so that we can get more rest, more downtime. You just can't keep running hither and yon day after day, 24 hours a day, and be encouraged. We also need daily spiritual renewal. As Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, For this reason, 
we never become discouraged, even though our physical being is gradually decaying, yet our spiritual being is renewed day after day. So how does that happen? The way you get spiritual renewal is by spending time with God. The secret of persistence, the secret of endurance, the secret of finishing what you start is to focus on Jesus Christ. Listen to the writer of the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter chapter 12 and verse, and verse 2. Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus on whom our faith depends from beginning to end. He did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of the joy that was awaiting him, he thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross, and he is now seated at the right-hand side of God's throne. You see, Jesus had to face something worse than what we'll ever face, and yet he did not give up. Why? He knew the reason, and he knew the rewards. You see, when you plug in into his power, you get the power to keep on keeping on. You need more than just your own power to make it in this life successfully. You need God's power. You need to rely on him. You need to trust him. Some of you may be thinking, oh, it's too late for me. I've already blown it. I've wasted so much of my life that it's too late. Wrong. God is not through with you, and the race is not yet over. The truth is... It really doesn't matter how you start the race or how you mess up in the early part of the race. What matters is that you are going to end the race. See, what are you doing, are you going to do uh, from here on? Are you going to serve him? Are you going to love him? Are you going to follow uh, the course that he has set for your life? Or are you going to let the expectations of other people distract you? It's not how you start the race that matters. It's how you finish the race. And you are never a failure until you quit. And it is always too soon to quit. Oh, my hope as your pastor is that at the end of your life, you will be able to stand before God and say what the Apostle Paul said at the end of his life in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. This is in the Good News Bible. I have done my best in the race. I have run the full distance, and I have kept the faith. And now there is waiting for me the victory prize of being put right with God which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who wait with love for him to appear. See, the reward that is awaiting us at the end of the race 
is worth all of the disappointments that um, we may have to face. It's worth all of the hardship that we may have to endure. It's worth all of the difficulties that we may have to confront. All of the battles that we may have to fight. All of the burdens that we may have to bear. All of the sorrows that we may have to suffer. All of the pleasures we may have to miss. And all of the responsibilities that we may have to shoulder. See, none of us can afford to even think of quitting the race now. See, too many prayers have been prayed. Too many tears have been shed. Too many miles have been traveled. Too many mountains have been climbed. Too many testimonies have been given. And too many blessings have been received. Therefore, we must endeavor to fight the good fight, to finish the race, and to keep the faith, and to receive the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award us on that day. And so one of these days, those of us who have been faithful will hear from the Lord himself, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 10.45 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 10.30 for another inspiring message of hope and faith. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.